The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and have a bit of fun as we study the words of the awesome men and women that God has called to direct His church in the latter days. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Spencer. This episode, we're talking about Elder D. Todd Christofferson's address, The Ceiling Power. In this talk, Elder Christofferson goes over how the ceiling power has been restored to the not only this earth, but has been restored to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and how we as God's children can access that sealing power for protection and for promised blessings in this life and in eternity. Yeah, I really like how Elder Christofferson mentioned towards the beginning of his talk, um, he adds in a quote from President Russell M. Nelson about the importance of the gathering in, of Israel and how this gathering is the most important thing put, taking place on the earth today. And then he goes into listing a few of the different purposes of this gathering. Why is it so important and why is this work being fulfilled now on the earth? And one of those purposes, it says the Lord identified one purpose as the protection of the covenant people. And I think that's really important to, to take in. Like this gathering is happening for each of us individually. It's for our protection. And it says that by revelation to the prophet Joseph Smith, he said, The gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes will be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth. And it goes on to say that wrath in this context may be understood as the natural consequences of widespread disobedience to the laws and commandments of god so this gathering is happening like i said for each of us in this day to help protect us from the disobedience that's going on from the wrath and the chaos ultimately that's taking place on the earth today yeah, Tiffany, I I think it's cool how it is described as, well, we're talking about the ceiling power, and that ceiling power is found within the temples of, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as we saw in General Conference, man, those are popping up all over the world, uh, increasing numbers, 
and it's exciting. It's awesome. But as as this quote from uh, President Smith says, you know, the gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes will be for a defense and for res- refuge from the storm. Talking about the same power that is found in temples, we've also been told that, you know, we should make our homes a temple and it can be a place of refuge from the world. And that just makes my heart happy as I think about um, how that ceiling power can bless us in the temples, but also in our homes. Because I think of our two little boys and our little girl in the future, you know, we're sitting down and they get they get done with school and they come home and it's a rough day. And, you know, they're just talking to us and telling us about how hard it's, it is out there and what's going on in their lives. But then they get to come home and, you know, that, 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 that changes. They're happier because, you know, the spirit's in our home um, and it's just a refuge from the world. The other thing I found interesting is how wrath in the context that is described in that quote is from a natural consequence of the widespread disobedience of the laws and commandments of God. Like that is sad that this wrath that is upon the world is brought upon by essentially our brothers and sisters, all of God's children. And the gospel of Jesus Christ can fix all that. Jesus is the answer. Um, but as we go on to read in this talk, you know, the sealing power is not only a protection, as you think about, you know, on the defense of things, but it is also offensively great because it brings so many promised blessings of salvation and ex- exaltation into our lives. Also, one thing to note, um, this, this quote from President Nelson, I think it was from like 2018 when he uh, was speaking to the youth after he was um, after he became the president of the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, he talks about that the gathering and calling of Israel, the gathering of Israel, is the most important thing taking place on Earth today. And I and at the time of me reading this talk and getting ready to prepare for it, you know, there are wars breaking out across the world, right? And grocery bills are sky high. Everything just is <laughs> is crazy. And here's the prophet saying, hey, none of that matters. None of that's important. Um, or, or, or most important. The most important thing you can be doing is gathering Israel. And you know, there there is as you as you take the time to step back away from all the chaos in the world and you think about the gathering of Israel, about inviting people into Jesus Christ, as we ourselves um go to Christ and follow his his teachings and live his gospel and yoke ourselves to him through covenants, um all those things that you would think would be important to focus on, those worldly things. They really do take a, a back seat and Christ is able to just take over. Give us peace. You mentioned the word peace and how, I mean, Christ is peace. Without him, we wouldn't be able to feel that hope and peace within our lives. And as I was 
reviewing and reading through this talk about the healing power, I was thinking to myself, where do I feel the most peace or when do I feel the most peace in my life? And I would say definitely the temple is where I'm able to feel Christ's love the most in my life. And as busy parents with two little boys, we don't always get to go to the temple as much as we would like. But I was reflecting on the last time we went to the temple and just how much love I felt from my Savior and for my Savior. And I think along with what Spencer was saying about our home being a refuge from the chaos of the world, the temple is certainly another place where we can feel God's love for each of us. We, I feel safe. I feel the temple truly is the Lord's house. It's where we can go to escape the craziness and the chaos that's going on in the world or maybe even within our own homes and where we're able to connect with him and strengthen our testimonies of him and of his gospel. And I'm so grateful for the temples. And I love now that our kids are able to recognize the temples as we're driving around the area and they see it from afar and how we actually had the opportunity about a month ago to go into the St. George Temple for its open house. And it was such a fun experience being able to take our kids with us. And I certainly felt the peace and love of my Savior. And it was neat seeing the kids' faces as they saw certain pictures on the wall and they were able to recognize, oh, this is that's Jesus Christ, and some of the questions that they had. It, it was just a really fun experience, and I'm glad that they were able to have that, and I could certainly tell that they could feel Christ's love as well as we walk through the temple. Yeah, that was a fun experience. I was nervous because, I don't know, I just get uptight about, you know, oh, we got to be reverend and their kids i understand it's <laughs> like oh, i'm gonna bring them inside of a temple <laughs> open house like yeah it's the open house but i know I, it's very quiet <laughs> i was just worried they were gonna run around it <laughs> oh but it was good just really well you know there were some angels sent down to help us <laughs> that's all i can say um but Elder Christofferson mentions multiple purposes of the gathering of Israel, um, essentially to bring the sealing power to to each of us, God's children, um, so that we can form family relations. Uh, here's here's a quote from him. He says, "Quote: Most importantly, the gathering is for the purpose of bringing the blessings of salvation and exaltation." to all who will receive them, end quote. 
uh, I got thinking about that and I was like, oh, that's, that's neat. Like the gathering of Israel, essentially this sealing power, Christ's um, power offers us salvation, which is for the, those of us who accept the first principles and ordinances of the gospel. Um, but then it says, and exaltation, which is for those of us who choose to continue further on the covenant path and continue to focus our lives and our re- on focus our lives on our relationship with our Savior and Jesus Christ and continue to desire to become like them as we make more covenants and ordinances in the temple further down the road. Um, and there's there's a quote, another quote <laughs> from President Nelson that says, when we embrace the gospel and are baptized, we take upon ourselves the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Baptism is the gate that leads to becoming joint heirs to all the promises given to, given anciently by the Lord to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their posterity, end quote. I like that because the sealing power, we're talking about temple work here and temple work on this side of the veil and on the other side of the veil um, and how important it is. But I remember in one of my institute classes, um, the topic was temple work and we were asked, you know, come prepared to class. That's what we were going to talk about. And I quickly did my study and, you know, what I got out of it is like, whoa, temple work allows us to essentially become Jesus, like be the savior for our ancestors or for those who we do the work, um, the vicarious work for, because they are unable to do the work themselves, right? The sealing power is here on this earth. And as when we go to the temple and we do work for, they don't say for the dead anymore, but we do work for those who've passed on. Um, that's an opportunity for us to be like the savior because they can do that. And we ourselves, we cannot overcome sin ourselves. We need our savior, Jesus Christ. I, I just think that's cool as we talk about the savior and the ceiling power, like that's, it's just so awesome. We get the opportunity to, to be like him as we embrace the gospel and are baptized and take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. That's, that's an awesome way to do it. That's what I think. I don't know. All right. Sorry. That was kind of like a little rant side path. I <laughs> think, um, but to tie it back in, uh, it says here in this talk, with this authority, the sealing power, we now carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of redemption through him to all parts and peoples of the earth and gather all who will gather all who will into the gospel covenant. You know, that is one grand reason that we needed the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ is because without this authority has been given um, to Joseph Smith and then passed on. Like, we're not able to make covenants that will last on this earth and after this earth in eternities. And there's a quote here by President Hinckley, I believe. Find it. Yep, President Gordon B. Hinckley said, 
on one occasion, I have said many times that if nothing else came out of all the sorrow and travail and pain of the restoration, then the sealing power of the holy priesthood to bind together families forever, it would have been worth all that it has cost. So if you think about all that has come as a result of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is ongoing and continuing, if all we got out of it was just the sealing power, it would have been worth it. But obviously, our Father in Heaven is so merciful and so gracious that we've gotten much more out of it. Um, but this sealing power is something that's special. Uh, for me, uh, I remember the temple from a young age, and I think I was like two or three because I am adopted. And uh, I don't remember the first time. I remember the second time. Uh, I was obviously sealed to my parents when I was, I don't know, a little infant baby. Um, but the second time I remember, you know, oh, I got to go to the temple. I got to be dressed in white. And I just, for some reason, remember like the playroom that was there. That's all I can remember. And then I remember the pictures of me and my family. We were all dressed in white at the temple, uh, the bountiful temple. And we were all sealed together. And at the time, until I, I don't, until I probably became a missionary, I did not understand how cool that was until I was trying to teach other people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how their families can be together forever. And it's just so awesome how... It's just awesome. It really, it's really power. It really is awesome. And I remembered actually just about maybe a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was right before we went to the St. George Temple Open House. I remember I was having a conversation with our oldest about um, how families can be together forever. And I just asked him, wouldn't that be so cool? you and me and daddy and our youngest if we could live together forever he's like yeah I, that would be so cool like i want to live with all of you forever and i don't know that was just a really sweet moment hearing our oldest say that yeah he he wants to be with our family forever that that was just one of our good parenting moments because most of the time <laughs> He's not wanting to be with our family forever, and he's asking me to get out of the house. So <laughs> not always. <laughs> Sometimes, just when we make him mad. <laughs> That's cool. You tell me that, but glad glad to know some of this stuff is sinking in for him. Yeah, and along with this, I think it's also important to point out another point that Elder Christofferson makes within this talk. And this part really resonated with me. It says that, so Elder Christofferson also acknowledges that every family, or not everyone has the ideal family situation. And for me growing up, I grew up in a home with parents that divorced when I was around 
want to say maybe 10, 9, 10 years old. I can't remember exactly. Um, but I remember having these thoughts growing up. I mean, I grew up in the church and I had always learned that families can be together forever. Um, but once my parents divorced, I constantly had this question in my mind, well, now what? I mean, my fam my parents were married in the temple, but what what was gonna happen in the future? Were we still going to be together forever? And I want to reiterate this quote that Elder David A. Bednard made, and he says, to you who have experienced the heartache of a divorce in your family or felt the agony of violated trust, please remember that God's pattern for families begins again with you. One link in the chain of your generations may have been broken, but the other righteous links and what remains of the chain are nonetheless eternally important. You can add strength to your chain and perhaps even help to restore the broken links that work. That work will be accomplished one by one. And that gave me a lot of hope. A lot, and I just instantly felt peace knowing that as long as I am doing my part to keep my covenants and be obedient to the Lord and to follow my savior, that everything will be okay. I don't need to worry, constantly have this worry about, oh, well, what will happen with my family? The Lord has his plan, and I know that myself and my family will be blessed and that we'll receive those blessings of exaltation as long as I'm doing my part, that there's no need to worry. Yeah, um, I can't relate to that necessarily, except for what I've uh, seen for Tiffany and her family. Um, but I will say that there is there's a resource uh, found. There's a pamphlet that actually came out while we were serving our mission. It's um, the Families and Temples pamphlet, and I carried that around. Like multiple copies when it came out. That, that was my favorite thing to sh start sharing with um, the people in the Dominican Republic. Anyway, um, within that resource, it talks about, you know, the question of the, of the chapter page is, oh, what about my family? And it says, God has promised that the blessings of marriage, family, and eternal life will be made available to all of his children who faithfully accept and follow his plan of happiness. Your responsibility is to have faith in this promise and follow the example of Jesus Christ. Right? There's not a lot that we can do um, with the agency that others have, but we can choose to have faith in God's plan of happiness and in the promises that he has given us. And we just have to follow Jesus Christ and try to become like him. It also says that, your family will be blessed by your example and the Holy Ghost can soften hearts and help you know how to build better relationships with your family members. Have faith that God is preparing each of your family members just as he has prepared you. And I think that is sometimes the harder part of faith. I think you also listened to something 
um, earlier this week, like a reel or a TikTok that I think is Jeffrey R. Holland, you know, saying that, you know, faith is allowing other people to repent. Well, this is also faith, faith that we can change our relationships with our family members. And I'm not saying that, I don't know, there, there, there are some relationships that are more difficult and toxic. And I understand that. And you, you can stay away from that as you feel, but to repair a relationship with family members can be difficult. Um, and as you focus on Jesus Christ and put your faith in him, he'll help you better those relationships. How I do not know, because I still have to learn how to <laughs> exercise that faith with some family members, but I believe it's true. I think the key is forgiveness. Like you said, yeah, there may be some individuals within your family who are toxic and who maybe you don't feel safe having around. And if you have those feelings, that's okay. And But the key is to forgive them. And like Jeffrey R. Holland said in this little video, um, to, can, to have the faith that they can change to have the hope that they can change and continue praying for them and loving them despite maybe how they've treated you yeah um going back to that quote by uh elder bettinar he talks about how just because uh, your family has done things um that have violated your trust as please remember that God's pattern for families begins again with you. Uh, I come from a, a parenting background. Uh, I studied that more <laughs> the college before I decided to transition careers. Uh, I was passionate about it. I love that. And Very passionate. <laughs> and it, it, it goes along with, you know, reparenting, if you know anything about that. You know, you reparent yourself just because your family did things a certain way. Your parents raised you a certain way. And, you know, when in intense moments, you can default back to reacting how your parents reacted towards you as a child kind of thing. And you got to be conscious and recognize that. And you got to reparent yourself. Oh, man, here I go. I'm doing it. <laughs> going on my rant. Anyway, you, that you can you can break those cycles of of the violated trust or you you can reparent yourself you can re i don't know how to rephrase it but that's what he's saying you can repair yourself within the sealing power within um for your family i'm gonna give uh i'm gonna quiz tiffany right now we'll see how well she does and if she if she was paying attention while she was studying this talk the sealing power Tiffany, what is the most? No, she didn't know it, but screen. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. Dang it. <laughs> what is the most important date in your life? Well, based off the threat that's given in the talk, no, the most important date is when we were sealed in the temple. Which temple? The odd temple. <laughs> on what date? <laughs> she forgot. What date? 
That's I the fresh tail. What is the most on important thing? Wait a second. Year? 2018. Oh, she got it. <laughs> she got it. You, she probably, passed you it. probably didn't remember the year. I remember. You still ask me what day your birthday is. Hey, that's different. <laughs> or not. I how, ever no, since, how old you are. Ever since the mission, I <laughs> feel like I have been. <laughs> Uh, I just been twenty. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> except for that one year we played co-ed soccer, and those days out of high school kicked our butt, and that's when I felt old. Oh man! Whatever. <laughs> anyway, going back, the most important date in mine and Tiffany's life is August second, twenty eighteen. Still remember it. It's a nice summer morning. Woke up. It just rained, but the rain gone away. Yeah, I was a little nervous. It was gonna rain the whole day, but it ended in perfect time. Hey, I was closing my eyes, reminiscing. Help me out. Okay. And the sun was just coming up over the mountains. We had the first appointment for ceilings that day in the Ogden, Utah Temple. Got all ready in my nice blue suit, mm, looking good, and drove down to the temple, and I was just. Okay, Tiffany talked about earlier, you know, she just feels peace in the temple. Well, that day, I feel the spirit differently, and and sometimes it's peace, but more often than not for me, like, I just feel giddy. Like, I just get this grin on my face and I start smiling. Sometimes people are crying and I'm just smiling and it's a little awkward, but that's how I feel the spirit, and that's how I remember um, August 2nd. 2018 is I was just giddy with the spirit. I remember going to the altar, um, kneeling across from Tiffany, looking in the mirrors, trying to see the end, <laughs> and holding her hand. I just had the biggest grin on my face that whole time. That's all I can remember. It was just pure bliss and happiness. It was awesome. You passed the test. <laughs> I do want to mention, however, that there is something that I learned that was new to me as I was reading this talk, and that is that the sealing power, you know, I, I used to just think, you know, the sealing power is when you get sealed to your family for time and all eternity, but the sealing power isn't just for that ordinance. It's for all the ordinances that we do and the covenants that we make, that it binds them here on earth and in heaven. I didn't know that. I don't know how. I didn't know that. I felt like that's something. Maybe I fell asleep during Sunday school or whatever. But that's awesome. That that sealing power is with us from baptism. All, maybe even um, the naming and blessing of a child. I don't know. I'd have and to do some research. But think of- it, it, it's just present in all the ordinances that we do. The covenants that we make. That's awesome. The sealing power is, it's everywhere in the gospel now that I'm looking at it. That's cool. Here's another thing that is very interesting and of great importance, talking about the sealing power um, and how that is used within the temple for uh, those on this side of the veil and on the other side of the veil. Uh, in the talk... Elder Christofferson says, quote, In the perfect order of God, the living cannot experience eternal life in its fullness 
without forging enduring links to the fathers, our ancestors. Think about that. We can enjoy the fullness of eternal life without linking ourselves to our ancestors. He continues, likewise, the progress of those who are already on the other side or who may yet cross through the veil of death without the benefit of sealings is incomplete until vicarious ordinances bind them to us, their descendants, and us to them in divine order. If you look at his footnote, the footnote goes even deeper and helps me understand what he's saying. It says, this is footnote 19, it says, without these welding links between the fathers and the children created via temple ordinances, the Lord states, ye shall be rejected with your dead. All right, we're not getting eternal life. Continues, no wonder the prophet warned, let me assure you that these are principles in relation to the dead and the living that cannot be lightly passed over as pertaining to our salvation. For their salvation is necessary and essential to our salvation. As Paul says concerning the fathers, that they without us cannot be made perfect, neither can we without our dead be made perfect. That's awesome to think about. I think sometimes it's hard to do the family history work and the ancestry work, um, but it's necessary for us if we are to obtain uh, eternal life in its fullness because we are all God's children. We all need, um, essentially, we all need to be connected back to Christ, our, our brother, to help us out and make it back to live with our Father and have eternal life. Yeah, I really like that. And I was thinking about family history work and I know that's something that I can probably improve on a little bit. It's not something that I've really invested a lot of time in. I would love to invest more time in it and to learn more about my ancestors. Um, but I think that what Spencer said, this kind of goes along with it, where it says salvation is an individual matter, but exaltation is a family matter. So, like Spencer was saying, we need not only our family members here that are here with us on earth, but we need our ancestors to help us receive that exaltation as we continue to go to the temple and do the work for them so they can have the opportunity to have exaltation and receive those celestial blessings. And... I don't know. I just love that it says here as well that the very reason the earth was created was so families could be formed and sealed to each other and that no one can be exalted alone. And I don't know. I just, it makes me, it reminds me of the Lord's love for us, our Heavenly Father's love for us, and His perfect plan. He knows our desires, and He knows our wishes, and He He knows what will make us the most happy and the most joyful is being with our families for eternity. And it's such a blessing having 
a father, a heavenly father who knows that and understands that and wants us to, wants us to achieve that. And, and sometimes I feel like as, as we're going day by day that we tend to maybe get a little hard on ourselves and feel like, oh, well, maybe that blessing isn't really within reach. But I know that the Lord wants us to achieve that. And here it mentions that President M. Russell Ballard reminds us, quote, scriptures and Latter-day prophets confirm that everyone who is faithful in keeping gospel covenants will have the opportunity for exaltation. We don't need to be perfect. We simply need to have faith in our Savior and strive to do our best to keep our covenants with the Lord, stay on the covenant path and read our scriptures, say our daily prayers. Those simple things are all that we need to do to be able to receive that or have the opportunity to receive that blessing of exaltation. Yeah. So small, consistent things that make the biggest difference. Um, there is a part in this talk that, you know, talks about why it's so important. Let me see if I can scroll through and find, hold on, hold on. Here it is. Elder Christofferson says, the highest and holiest manifestation of the sealing power is in the eternal union of a man and woman in the marriage and the linking of humankind through all their generations. Right, because the sealing power is, as we discussed, it's throughout all the ordinances, but the most holiest and highest manifestation is in the sealing power between a man and a woman. And it continues, the next paragraph says, without the sealings that create eternal families and link generations here and hereafter, we would be left in eternity with neither roots nor branches. That is neither ancestry or posterity. We'd be alone in eternity. That, that would suck. <laughs> he continues, it is this free-floating, disconnected state of individuals on the one hand, or connections that defy the marriage and family relations God has appointed, on the other hand, that would frustrate the very purpose of the earth's creation. For that to become the norm, right, if we weren't meant to marry between a man and woman, if that wasn't the norm, it'd be tantamount to the earth being smitten with a curse or utterly wasted at the Lord's coming. And speaking on this, um, Elder Hermit President uh, Dallin H. Oaks and his wife um, in May 2023 gave an address to the young adults talking about one of the concerns among the leaders of the church is, you know, that the percent of U.S. citizens who have been married in the last 30 years uh, is dropping by nine, nine percentage points for both men and women. And it talks about for those um, who do decide to marry earlier, talks about some of the benefits. And Tiffany and I, I got married young. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany is a little older. I, how old is I? See, I forget. I think I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's 21 it's 21 that's simple math i got married at 21 uh tiffany was 24 
Are you rolling with 24? Yeah. <laughs> so relatively young, uh, especially when you compare it to, you know, outside of church culture. That is extremely young to some people. Anyway, um, Elder Oaks talks about some of the benefits and it says, consider what a young adult Latter-day Saints miss when their marriages are intentionally delayed for a significant significant period. Opportunities lost and blessings postponed. This means delays in the important personal growth that occurs in the relationship between a husband and wife. And going back to what Tiffany was saying, you know, exaltation is a family matter. You know, that's awesome that me and Tiffany, we have each other's back through eternity. And that's going to be awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I, but, but why are you saying? But, but we got some work to do to make it awesome. <laughs> you don't always see eye to eye. We're working on it. But however, we do know that we have each other's backs and helping us become the best that we can be. And that's one thing that I have seen um, as a benefit of, you know, me and you getting married at a young age and not only getting married at a young age. Having but kids at 18. I was 22. Like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> we will. So how I know. Like, I'm only 26, but I feel like 32. You know? Well, but talking about those benefits, um, he continues growth in such qualities as sacrifice and humility. It means decreased opportunities to work together. Or what? Oh, yeah. It means, you know, if you postpone your marriage, it means decreased opportunities to work together to build the kingdom of God. And most important, it means fewer children born to grow up with the blessings of the gospel. You know all this, and you need to know that your leaders know that many of our singles are not marrying sooner for reasons beyond their control. Yeah. Elder Oaks is, uh, he's a prophet of God, and I think he, he knows what's up. And it is scary. I remember, you know, oh, man, like, we're going to marry where we're going to live, especially the housing economy right now. Oh, it must be difficult, but hey, we moved into my parents' basement, and things are good, right? <laughs> I thought it was good. Tiffy thought it was However, um, there, I wouldn't change it. Like, yeah, we got married young, and sometimes I'm looking back with, like, dang man, we could have if we waited to have our kids a little later, <laughs> we could have had some fun. <laughs> we would have been. We really loved each other. <laughs> we still love each other. We would have loved each other. We just would have had more time to grow closer together yeah. without other little responsibilities interrupting that. I think it was a blessing, though, because that we did have children early on. Because I think if we didn't, we wouldn't have been in as much of a push to kind of to get our own place i think we would have been complacent just staying in the basement not having a mortgage just so, having so fun. nice that's what my oh. brother's doing right now. <laughs> no place <laughs> i think honestly i mean we've said time and time again if we we bought our home in 2020 just kind of right in the middle of COVID, and it was right after we bought our house that the market just went crazy. And honestly, we wouldn't be able to 
afford a home right now. And so I think, honestly, it was a blessing that we made those decisions to not only get married, but to have kids early. And I mean, come on, our kids are. They're cool. They're fun. They're cool. <laughs> anyway, I, I will say this. The one one thing, because I remember thinking back after we just got married, I was like, all right, like next thing people are asking, oh, when's the baby? Like even your friends, like, oh, nine months, here comes the baby kind of thing. <laughs> anyway. Little do you know. <laughs> it was 10. They were wrong. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I remember we met the president. And then Nelson, what's it called? No, that's the most recent. Anyway, her book on uh, President Nelson, uh, you know, going over his life. What do they call that? Auto, not autobiography. Some, I don't know what it's called. Some of you are probably laughing at me, like, who is this guy? Come on. But you guys know what it's called. And they talked about President, or she talks about President Nelson's life, a biography. And. We don't know. <laughs> Autobiographies, if you. Okay. Biography. <laughs> so, in this biography, uh, it, it tells the story, you know, President Nelson and his wife uh, kind of talking about their children, and they have a ton of children. And he, he said, you know, I, had we waited for the right time, we would have missed having, you know, this child and this child and this child and this child. I was like, oh, man, that means I could, we got to start having kids. And, and that's not the case for everybody. I realize that. It's, um, that's something between you and your spouse and Heavenly Father and God. But I know for us, um, that's that was God's intended plan that we not wait. And the growth that has come from that, because I feel like I'm 32. I'm only 26. Some of you be like, this guy's really immature. He's probably only 20. That's how I feel. Okay. Um, but there is so much growth within uh, a marriage and family. There's so much to be learned. And when you couple that with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and allowing people to forgive and repent, exaltation truly is a family matter, not just individual. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk podcast. This episode, we discussed Elder D. Todd Christofferson's address, The Ceiling Power. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. You can find links to all our podcast platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. Conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media. Drop us a comment, check out the show notes, find the resources we mentioned in the episodes, and learn more about us, your hosts. If you want to follow me, Spencer, you can find me on Instagram at papa.bowis. And you can find me, Tiffany, on Instagram at tiffanyr underscore bowis. But while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. Yep. Although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. Join us next week for some more personal opinions. Next week on the Conference Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm.